0: We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk, too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com.
2: the fan tomorrow i'm going to turn my attention a little bit to the Knicks. i mean we'll talk some baseballs we'll have both the yankees and the mets rubber games to react to as they both play in the afternoon we'll be on at seven tomorrow night going seven to seven at midnight with no game scheduled and we'll do some more Knicks stuff maybe even a little nets um but mostly Knicks. i, I do want to do nba preview so you know before the postseason i know we're kind of underway with the postseason With the Hawks beating the Heat in the playing game. So that means, Rosie, the Hawks are now in and they will face the Celtics. Is that right? Yes, that's what I believe. That's what I saw. They're the 7th seed, right? And they get the Celtics. So the Hawks are the 7th seed in an upset win over the Heat. They get the Celtics. And that means the Heat will then play the winner of who's the 9-10 matchup there. You have that, right. I believe that's the Bulls-Raptors. Oh, yeah, you're Bulls. Yeah, Of course you know that. Right. Yes. So they will play the winner of Bulls-Raptors, and then the winner of that will go on to face the Box. Well, lose to the Box. yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's a little bit confusing. Either way, the Knicks get underway on Saturday, so I'll look forward uh, to that. But tonight, it's been about the Mets and the Yankees, and the Yankees getting another big win. The power doing the job for them, and Garrett Cole as well, who's been consistent. He is the best pitcher in this town. And for the Mets, they don't have any power. Matter of fact, their offense has struggled to start this year. I know it's 12 games, but the Mets offense doing a lot of what it did last year. As a matter of fact, it's probably even been worse than it was last year. Jimmy is calling from Jersey City. What's up, Jimmy? It's
3: out How you doing, buddy? Good,
2: Jimmy. How are you?
3: I'm doing good. Hey, question. You're taking over from my other Jersey City buddy there, a Yankee fan. Are you wearing a Yankee jacket since you're taking over for
2: Keith? No, no. You will never uh, find uh, me in a Yankee jacket. <laughs> Unless on, they, unless now. they, unless they invite me into the owners box and they give me free merch, and even then I'm not sure I could do that, but I might. I'm not gonna lie.
3: But when you take us to a Yankee game, when you set that up, you will wear a Yankee jacket,
2: though, right? No, I had no way. Are you crazy? <laughs> Come on. Uh, hey, you
3: know, I'm laughing, I'm laughing, I'm listening, uh, like going you going people entertain me, uh, people non baseball IQ like listen to those all the way up to New Hampshire. You know, it's twelve games. Like last year I think I talked to you all you know, if you remember, we the Yankees had a losing record after like the first twelve games. And uh I said, Listen, Sal, I don't get interested until at the fifty games and I'll talk to you. We know what happened the fifty games last year, how their record was. Listen, like the Mets, they're up to a slow start. Yeah, they are they gonna um finish like they did last year. No. Like you said about Aaron Judge at the year you know, like last no. Will they win 90-plus games? They should, hopefully. Remember remember how the Yankees and the Mets started midway through the season and how Atlanta was out. Atlanta was horrible. Then what happened? Atlanta came on strong. So anything's possible in baseball. Listen, it's game 12. Right, but I just...
2: I also think you could see... I think the Mets are okay. I think there'll be a playoff team... But you could see that they're not good enough. Where well, you're talking about holding them to the, they have the highest payroll in baseball. I mean, they're talking about expectations to go win a World Series. I'm not seeing it right now from this team. And by the way, Jimmy, they've also been unfortunate. You know, they've been unlucky here, where they've had the unfortunate incident with Edwin Diaz, and then the yeah, other of course, injuries that really have yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, like, listen, I, I believe, you know, I thought they overachieved last year. And, yeah, listen, by the time the All-Star break comes, you know you know for yourself, you're a Mets fan, but, man, that you're going to need a couple of players to pick that offense up. That's definitely going to be a move for the Mets. You're going to have to get some players to bolster that uh, third base in that uh, left field. Connor, like you said, he's a called outfielder. So he overachieved last year. I mean, he played good for you. But, listen, there's a long way to go. The Yankee fans, Mets fans, you know, try to try, laugh at these callers that call it. Well, like, come on.
2: But you have to understand, Jimmy, and thank you for the call. We appreciate you checking in. You have to understand that's what we as fans do. We overreact. We're not supposed to be level headed. We're not supposed to sit there and say, well, I'll wait till 50 games. Yeah, we know the reality is you can't write off a team after 12 games. That's the reality of the situation. Nobody, I mean, we understand that. But right now, and if you compare it to last year, Right now, the Mets have been worse than what they were a year ago. Remember, I mean, we're going based off of facts here. The Mets didn't lose their first series a year ago until mid-May. The Mets didn't get swept a year ago until September. That's already gone out the window after the second series of the year. The only team the Mets have beaten in a series so far has been the Marlins. And, I mean, look, they have a chance to do uh, you know, to, to change that tomorrow by beating the Padres in the rubber game. But you know, it's, it's been it's been different. The Mets have not been good to start the year. Right now they're a five hundred team. With the majority of wins coming against the crappy Marlins. Tom is in Rockaway. What's up, Tom? Hey
4: Sal, how are you tonight?
2: Good, Tom. How are you?
4: I'm good. Hey, I don't want this to come across as an anti neato call. Uh, because I always thought he was a good player and a good backup. But I really wish the Mets would give Alvarez more of a chance. You know, him him playing once every four or five days. If they brought him up, they should at least two or three days, you know, two or three days in a row. What do they expect out of him playing every three or four days that they are now?
2: I mean, he started Sunday and then again tonight on Tuesday. It's not, it's not three or four days.
4: Yeah, I just I, I don't want it to be like he's up here for a month and, you know, he plays every four or five days. and You know, then they look at it in the big picture and then, you know, they don't think that he's going to stick around. I, I tend really to just, agree. I, here, I wish they would give him.
2: Here's what Sorry, I'll agree, guys. Tom. They, it feels like they're treating him, it certainly did over the weekend, feels like they're treating him like the backup catcher. They need to treat him like the starting catcher. And I know things are different That's now, really- anyways, where guys are going to platoon and no catchers playing every day. But they need to treat Alvarez as if he is the starting catcher and give him the majority of the playing time. Let's see what he could do.
4: I agree, Sal. And that, that's, I mean, that's the juxtaposition call. thats like, I, I just wish they would treat him and give him more of a chance.
2: Yeah, and look, he was awful. I mean, did you watch him tonight? Yes, yes, sir. Yes. And, and he was no, awful. I,
4: listen, that last at-bat was painful. And just watching him swing at those pitches above his head, painful. But... I also think that that's part of him trying to get into a groove and and you know maybe maybe if he plays more than once every couple of days, maybe he gets into some sort of a groove. He's
2: trying to do too much, you're right, Tom, and trying to do too much in a short uh in a short period of time because maybe he feels like he needs to impress to stay in the lineup. I'm not sure if they've had that conversation. I don't know what the conversations have been with Alvarez, what I would hope the conversations. What uh, what they should be or what I would hope they would be would be that whether it's Buck or Billy Apple or whoever, sit him down and say, look, you're here. You're not going anywhere. You're going to be here for the next two months. And you're going to get an opportunity. When you're not playing, sit back and learn and watch and be involved in the game because you never know when you're going to be needed. And when you are, do your best to take advantage of those opportunities. But we're going to give you two months here and you're going to get some run. And then they have to back it up and actually go play him, like I said, the majority of the time. Not just against lefties, not, you know, three days for Nemo, uh, uh, three days for Nito, one day for Alvarez, you know, and then, you know, back and forth every three days. You know, it's three days in a row for Nito, one day for Alvarez, then Nito gets another two, Alvarez gets another one. It can't be like that. And I get the feeling, based off what we've seen so far, it might be like that. Maybe instead of a 70-30, it goes to 60-40. Maybe eventually goes 50-50. But to me, it's got to be 60-40 Alvarez. Let him play. And the bigger point being, you know, remember, he's a nine-hole hitter. The bigger point being, while we want to see him play, that the Mets' hopes should not be reliant upon Francisco Alvarez to deliver. They have the highest payroll in baseball. You can't be expecting the prospects to be the ones to make the difference. James is calling from North Arlington, New Jersey. James.
5: Oh yeah, thanks for taking my call. I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, it seems like the Mets and the Jets. It's it's almost like there's there's been a curse. I mean, uh, I, I I've called many times over the years. I mean, there's a Joe Namath curse. No doubt, because the Jets haven't made a Super Bowl since they got rid of It, And they really never showed Namath the kind of respect that he deserved. Now, now, now the Mets, I know they've won twice, but in uh, that second World Series, it was a miracle that how they won it with Buckner. But, but think about it, the way they got rid of Seaver, it's almost like, it's, well, now they finally put a statue up. It's a new order, but it seems like there's been a bit of a curse, I mean. I, I mean, um,
2: I I'm not getting into the curse. I mean, the Mets oh, have no, been no, a... No, that's okay. Well, well, what, do you believe in curses? Well,
5: I, I guess i will be a little sarcastic because, again, here we are talking about this budget. I mean, and they do have a great owner, and obviously he'll spend and spend, but you, you have to almost scratch your head and say to yourself, I, I mean, they, they, the, 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 the fans have wanted, not with the fans, everybody. I mean, fans, no fans. Uh, uh, and people in the media, people on radio, TV, everybody wanted a new owner, and you couldn't get a better owner. But it just seems like uh, they're still having like these issues. Well, that they have, that man, they on.
2: It, it may seem like that, but it's not the reality, and thank you for the call. They've been, look, sports, a lot of sports, you need to have luck. Simple as that, to go win it all, it takes a lot of luck sometimes. you got to be fortunate. The Mets this year have not been fortunate, starting with the Diaz injury. I mean, I guess you're starting with the Contana injury, which technically happened before that, but those injuries, you know, they're starting to pile up a little bit. They're unlucky. But it's not like the Mets are, you know, 1-11 or 2-10 to start the year here. They're 6-6. Six and six. They'll be all right. And even their worst is better than what it was B.C. The before Cohen Mets, you just never knew. And plus, you could never trust that, ownership was going to go out there and do whatever it takes to build a winner. I know that that is going to be the case now with Cohen. It makes it hurt more when the team does get off to a slow start, when the team does get eliminated, whatever it may be. It hurts more because the expectations are higher, but that's a good thing. This is not the LOL Mets anymore. They're changing it. The AC Mets are one of the best teams in major league baseball. They have to Cohen Mets right now. They're not playing like it, but there are, Things that have gone on here where it's almost been worst-case scenario for pretty much the entire roster to start. That will change. They have good players. They got guys that they got to get back healthy. But they also need some help. They, They were thin coming in in the lineup. And that was under the assumption that Escobar would be bouncing back this year from his disastrous season last year under the assumption that Escobar would bounce back, under the assumption that maybe they get more production from catcher with Narvaez. That's two positions right there. Under the assumption that Fam would be better than what they had last year as far as a right-handed DH goes. And remember, you have to count on the the top guys to do their part, and it just hasn't happened. Dana calling from Philadelphia. What's up, Dana?
1: Hi. I want
6: to talk about... How all these hitters have had careers that have proven to be much better than
1: what they've been during their time with the Mets, and I there's got to be something in the water. We have to change our approach at the plate. I want to see what what is this hitting coach talking about? What are they telling the guys? Um,
2: well, he, I mean, but- I, they, they the, the Mets approach at the plate is not a bad one. I mean, that's what they've had so much success success with. Last year, where they've been patient picking out their pitch. Remember, the Mets are going to work pitchers. They're going to grind out uh, at bats. It, to me, it's not uh, about I that. Think. It's about not having enough power or not having enough players in that lineup.
1: I don't think they're seen the same way they did last year. I really think that they were so much more diligent. I mean, Francisco Lindor was putting out garbage. Canna uh, usually, I think, is the one of the most disciplined.
2: Well, I know, but none of them, neither of them, have been good. Lindor's been uh, off to a slow start. I mean, he's had a couple of moments, but he's got a Lindor and Alonso have to carry this team, Dan. It's as simple as that. I don't well, think it's an offensive approach. I really just think it's you, know, you got they, they don't right now. They don't have a catcher because Norvias, their starting catcher, is out for two months. Right now, their third baseman and Escobar hasn't done anything. They they don't have a DH, and their left field spot is hasn't been great with Canna or Tommy Pham. Yeah. But it's just 12 yeah. games. I mean, I, it's not the yeah. approach. See, for me, it's not their approach at the plate. It's just that they don't have enough guys. And these guys, they're professional hitters, and thank you for the call, Dan. I appreciate you checking in. These guys were... and remember last year, too, the Mets were great with runners in scoring position. Everybody told you it was going to level out at some point. And last night, they were, what, one for eight with runners in scoring position, so it kind of did uh, level out, <laughs> at least for... A night, but they've been, they don't hit with a lot of power, which is a big problem. And if they're not getting the clutch hits, they're screwed. What the Mets did so well last year, and what they've done so far to start this year pretty well, is take advantage of other teams' mistakes. Now, the Marlins suck. So when you watch the Marlins play, they're throwing the ball all over the place. They can't catch the ball. And the Mets take advantage of that. They let, usually what the Mets did last year is they didn't beat themselves. They let other teams at times beat themselves, and the Mets would take advantage of it. Well, this year, against the one good team that they've played so far, they got beat up in Milwaukee. And that was kind of a, huh, eye-opening spot, right? Hmm, that's odd. Last year, the Mets didn't do this at all. Non-competitive in the first two games of that series in Milwaukee, and then obviously swept away in the third game. Now, this is another test against the Padres, who are one of the National League's best teams. And so far, one up, one down. And we'll see what the rubber game holds tomorrow. The rubber match. It's an important early early season series for the Mets. You don't want to overreact one way or another, but it's an important early season series for them. And when they've been bad, like tonight... When they look bad, man, it is ugly with them. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Big Yankees win. They pound out 11 runs. Tough Mets loss. They only score two runs in their loss
5: redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours
0: how powerful is Cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get Cox internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. usq Q3 2023.
5: Man, it takes the Super Bowl 42 champions. When
0: this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. They knocked
5: off the mighty
0: Patriots 17-14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app.
2: Salakata back on The Fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Talking Yankees, talking Mets. Frenchie Cordero, how does Brian Cashman do it? Boy, Aaron Boone just applies that data. He's applying that data very well, making these lineups. Who would think that lineup would score 11 runs last night for the Yankees? But they did. Cordero's third home run. It's unbelievable. Matt Carpenter, Luke Voigt, Cameron Mabin. The Yankees get these guys that are scrubs everywhere else, and then they go out there with the Yankees. They put on the pinstripes, and boom. Unbelievable. Cashman's good for one of those a year. He's also good for a a dud in the starting rotation. Once every few years, he makes an awful trade for a starter. But you got to give credit where credit's due. 877 337 6666. Lou is in a story. What's up, Lou? Hey,
1: sir. How are you? Thank you for taking the call.
2: Thanks for making it, Lou. What's on your mind?
1: Listen, uh, last year, let's be honest, okay, about the match, okay? Sersha, which was making $40 million, okay? I mean, pitch uh, when he pitched against the, the Braves, okay, He he, I mean, he was not the pitcher that was getting that kind of money. He stunk. Uh, Marte, which is the engine that, that really had the match going, was hurt for at the end of the season, okay? Otherwise, they would have won the division, and I know that they would have been a different story going forward. Because Philadelphia, the Phillies mm. are now better than the Mets. And look how far they went.
2: Yeah, but they, were they better than were they better than the Braves? They ousted the Braves in that first wait, round wait, matchup. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Were they better than the Phillies? Yes or no? Who? Before, before they before the end of the season. Who? You think the the Mets could not beat the Phillies?
2: No, the no. Bears? But I'm saying no, the Braves. Yeah. The Braves were better than the Phillies, and they got beat by the Phillies in, in the I divisional say, round. But
1: but but Albert uh, Mister Scherzer threw it. I mean, a, a, the Braves just. Just well, in practice against them. That if
2: you if the Mets would have won the division, no, I know Balu. Well, just, well, how it's, could it's you? No, no, Balu. The Braves won the division and they still got beat by the Phillies. Exactly, and the Phillies were not better than the Mets. I know that. That's but, my point. No, no, but you're missing my point. If the Mets won the division instead of the Braves, who's to say the Phillies wouldn't have eliminated the Mets the way that they did to the Braves?
1: Wait a minute. If the Mets would have won the division, who would they play? The Phillies, San Diego. the Phillies. Okay, you think the Mets would not beat them?
2: I I don't know. What? Did you think Did you think the Braves weren't going to beat the Phillies?
1: I absolutely. You know, I I mean, you know, like I said, anything can happen. That's my point. Well, but no.
2: Anyway, Lou, let me go. Well, but Lou, go okay, I'm yeah, um, no. But but the, Bra- the look here is what you're saying. You're saying the Phillies weren't as good as the Mets, right?
1: I think the Mets would have beaten the Phillies no matter what. That's my point.
2: Right, but I'm saying that the Braves were better happens. than the Braves were better than both the Mets and the Phillies, and the Braves still lost to the Phillies. So you can't just well, why say Why
1: were you say why were you saying the Braves were better than the Mets when when actually the Mets would have won the series if our forty million dollar pitcher would have dominated at But the they end
2: didn't. The they didn't win the series. Uh,
1: okay, okay, but sure they're getting paid to do so and he did
2: it. Um nobody did it. What about Chris Bassett? What about Jacob DeGrom? None of them did it in that series.
1: DeGrom, DeGrom didn't pitch that bad. The Mets didn't hit when DeGrom pitched. You got something against DeGrom. the reason why DeGrom. I don't have
2: anything bad. against DeGrom. That was not a vintage Jacob DeGrom well, way, start. You
1: always, you always said that he didn't want to be here. He
2: didn't. Wait, why do I have something against him? He, that's a fact. He didn't want to be here. He yeah,
1: you said that the Grum didn't want to be here. He didn't. But that's, that,
2: of- that, but, but that's a different story than me saying something against the Grom. I had nothing against the Grom. He didn't want to be here. That's a fact. That's not my opinion.
1: No, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if the Grom is going to win the side on this year. Me but neither. The first, the, the first game. But anyway. Let me go to the, to the Yankees real quick,
2: okay? Me neither, but Tell if DeGrom about- wins a Cy Young this year, even worse than his performance last year because he wasn't good against the Braves. When they needed him the most, Jacob DeGrom was well, not he was, vintage. He was
1: good enough. He was good enough. They didn't score. Scherzer was really the batting practice.
2: Uh, Lou, I, I understand that, but DeGrom was not vintage DeGrom. Vintage DeGrom goes out the there and way. shuts the Braves down. He didn't do that. He gave up homers.
1: I understand that. You know what? But the ground the was the best pitcher they ever, the best ever had and probably in baseball at that time, okay? I don't want to even hear it. But anyway, let me quickly on the Yankees, okay? This idea that Volpe is a homegrown. You got BT saying that if they boo him, if they take him out of the lineup, he's going to hate the Yankees. He might change his mind and not be a Yankee fan. He said it, okay? Huh? something. The real shortstop for the Yankees right now is Osvaldo Cabrera. They've been playing with him, playing all over the place. He never played the outfield, maybe a couple of times in the minor league. And he always played the infield. He's the guy that's supposed to be a shortstop. No, Peraza,
2: Volpe, not Cabrera.
1: No, no, no. And what are no, you no, talking no. about,
2: Volpe? Volpe's their guy Peraza, right now.
1: Peraza got, Peraza, which at the end of the season, by the 3-16 in the playoffs and sat there uh, IKF, he got, he got, he got screwed and in spring training and didn't get enough of bat. To, to deserve to be there. Yes, he's the best, your stop. But right now, it should be Osvaldo Cabrera. Oh, no, Lou. You that you're, that.
2: And thank you for the call, Lou. You're all over the place. No, it should not be. Paraz is going to eventually be the guy. I really feel like that. He's eventually going to be the guy. With Volpe, they, I don't know what you're talking about, BT said. I didn't hear BT, what he said. I really don't care what he said. Volpe, right now, and no offense, I just don't, I don't particularly care. Volpe right now is struggling. They need to figure out, you know, they're going to let him go here for a while and you know, give him a few months or, or a few weeks, I should say, maybe a month or two. But he can't be hitting 129 and all of a sudden – you know, expect to be at the big league level. They they got to, because then he starts to doubt himself. He's not going to have that confidence. To have true confidence, you have to have some level of success. And right now, I don't care how good Volpe is, he's doubting himself. Everybody would. Richie's calling from Queens. What's up, Richie?
6: not following Lou after that. I, I I was trying to find find out what his points were. but wow. All of a sudden, Cabrera cannot be a shortstop. Um, you know, and uh, Volpe they had him in the Hall of Fame before. You know, it was like, so much hype for him, Sal. I mean, you spoke about pressure.
2: Yeah, He's and that's and, and
6: did, a shortstop and for, the, for the Yankees, but to come in like, you know, in spring training, I'm watching 65 years. It doesn't mean anything to me. I've seen guys that just tear up the, the spring training and. When you come into the major leagues, man, it's it's a wake-up call.
2: Well, this and is the fear, games. This is the fear, Richie, with the Yankees going with Volpe, that in the event he struggles to start, what are you going to do? You're kind of stuck. You have to just ride it out now and hope that he gets to turn around. But if he doesn't, they're going to have to figure out something to maybe send him down.
6: Yeah, that's possible. Why not? I mean, he's not the first guy to be sent down, and Peraza to be on the wings coming up. You know, you don't right. know what he's doing. Right. But here's the other thing, Sal. I was, you were on Tiki yesterday, mm-hmm. and – you made a great point about Odell, and I tried to call for two hours. i got to be honest. I could not get through it because I I thought Tiki's points, and I would tell this to Tiki. I'm not just saying it to you. I speak on this show a lot. That made no sense when you brought up some points, and I kind of thought that you – not that you backed down, but you didn't come follow through, and I really wanted you to when you said – That you were happy that he wasn't there. And then you brought up Cleveland and Tiki said, no, that doesn't mean anything. Then you brought up the Giants. No, no, that doesn't mean anything. Then the plane situation that Tiki said he actually felt bad for the guy. What about 152 people that had to get off the plane? This guy has been a disaster. He's been not a good teammate. He proved that in Cleveland. Well, how did I he back
2: had... down when I said it was one of the great days in New York sports I'm not history? Back that's... down, but I. Okay. are not as aggressive as you
6: normally were, but you made. Well, what do you want to do? Like... Fight
2: Tiki? I mean, I thought I made my thought. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I what... know it's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna yell at him face to face like that. Like we, we, I made my point. He made his. I mean, what do you want me to say? I'm like, and he happens to know Odell. And thank you for the call, Richie. I appreciate it. And I know you're not like looking for me to fight Tiki, but. Tiki was saying how he sat with Odell and knew him. So, of course, I'm going to respect what he's saying about Odell. And I said, from afar, it's always something with him. I also told him, how come Saquon Barkley didn't get in an incident on the plane? How come we don't hear about DeAndre Hopkins getting into an incident on the plane? Or Garrett Wilson or whatever, whoever else. Name a guy. Daniel Jones. Like, name a player. How come we don't hear about them getting into an incident on the plane? It's always something with Odell. That's my point. I don't think I was backing down, but, I mean, I was at least being respectful of Tiki. Anyway, i get back to your calls in a second. Right now, it is a pleasure to be joined by my colleague over at SNY, just wrapping up hosting Mets post game. He is Gary Apple. Gary, the theme of the show so far has been the Mets' ineptitude offensively. I know it's only 12 games, but, boy, what a frustrating start for this offense.
7: I, I would agree with you, Sal. And, by the way, the last caller, I don't know if he's a regular, but you need to shut that down quicker. <laughs> I <mean>, come on. <laughs> uh, listen, listen, disappointing night tonight. The bats were silent. They had a chance there in the ninth inning. But I thought when Santana gave up the home run to Xander Bogart's top of the ninth inning, that was the game. So um, when it was all said and done, the bats were very quiet tonight. Five hits. Not going to get the job done. It's been quiet. You know, the six and six now early in the season, and the Bats have not really woken up yet.
2: Do you think it's too early or is there actually something to and look, I know the big sample size, yes, big picture, it's only twelve games. However, Gar, we didn't see this last year with this team early on. They didn't lose a series till mid May. They didn't get swept till September. That's already out the window. Series two. You know, this is an important game coming up tomorrow afternoon, a rubber game here, and a series against a good team. You know, the Mets didn't lose series a lot last year. Is it too, are we overreacting to this team, or there's some signs that maybe they aren't as good as what they were last year?
7: No, I think, to me, it's overreaction because I don't want to compare this year to last year. Yes, they won 101 games last year. They went out in the first round of the playoffs. I don't want to compare this season to last season. I think every – yes, it was a terrific regular season, but it ended with a thud last year. Uh, September was not a good month. I thought they were hurt by the fact that Starling Marte went out. They were not the same offense after he went out. And then the pitching wasn't there for them in the postseason, and it was quick. They were out in three games against the Padres. So I do think it's 12 games in. I'm not comparing this year to last year. It was a very different season. Um, It's a long season, Sal. And they have not gotten great production at the bottom of the lineup so far. Justin Verlander hasn't pitched for them yet. It's it's, it's, it's early, and I'm not jumping to those sorts of conclusions at this point. Listen, one of the things I don't think they addressed – And I think they are thinking maybe that it's going to come from down below, whether it's going to be Vientos or it's going to be Beatty down at third base at some point. Um, The DH spot, to me, is still a problem. They have not gotten any power out of the DH spot so far. I know Daniel Vogelback has, you know, his on-base percentage is solid, as it always is. But they need production behind Pete Alonso, And that's still an issue for me to see where that's going to go and, and how that's going to play out.
2: All right, so forget about the comparisons to last year. However, there is some carryover. You mentioned the DH spot. That was an issue all last year. It's an issue this year. Left field, third base, catcher. Different reasons. You know, they try with Narvaez. He's out for two months. Third base, Escobar struggling again to start the year. Left field, you mentioned, Canna, light hitter, fan not getting it done. So the four spots, DH, left field, third base, catcher, still an issue this year. How are they going to fix all those spots?
7: You know, you put words in my mouth there on Canna. Uh, I don't think he's a light hitter. Is he a power hitter? No. Uh, last three games, he had five hits. He had three doubles. I'm a Canna guy. I like Canna. I think he's serviceable out in left field. He played 141 games last year, Salad. I think he can be productive. He's versatile. He can play left. He can play center. He can DH. He's played first base already this year. I happen to like Mark Canna. Bottom of the lineup, yes, they, they've got to get production out of Escobar. And if Escobar is not going to give them the production, they will go get Beatty. I'm convinced of that. They would like to give him his at-bats down to AAA, hit a home run, had a good night tonight for A Syracuse. He's in the balance there. But you know Buck. Buck likes to play his veterans, and he's going to give Escobar every chance possible to get it going. If he doesn't, they will go down below. And I do think they'll do the same thing for Vientos, you know, as a right handed bat from the right side. If Tommy fans not going to get the job done and fans did have a big hit in the ninth inning tonight, South, but again, he's a veteran, and I think Bucks likes to see what his veterans can do. We are what, April eleventh? Let's give it some time. let's give it this road trip out to Oakland and to Los Angeles and then to San Francisco. And then when they come back at the end of April. If things are still an issue, okay, then you maybe start to address them. But I think it's too early at this point to hit any sort of a panic button.
2: How about Francisco Alvarez? You mentioned that ninth inning. Alvarez came up with a chance to be a hero. Buck talked about it in the post game, which I know you guys are doing the show. I was watching and then reading some of the comments, talked about how he can't have emotional at-bats. It was clear watching him. He was trying to hit the ball you know, 10 miles in that spot and give Met fans what they wanted to see. What do you think of Alvarez so far from what you've seen and how the Mets should handle him moving forward?
7: Well, he's pressing. There's no question in my mind he's pressing, especially in that last at-bat. He had struck out in his two previous at-bats. He did not need a long ball there. They had second and third. Single ties the game would go to extra innings. They have a chance to win the game. No question. It was 2-0 on him there. And Hayter's next two pitches were above the strike zone. If he had been patient, he could have walked and loaded the bases, and Nimmo would have come up. There's no question in my mind he's pressing right now. He's played a handful of games, Sal, in the big leagues. He's 21 years old. I do believe he's here. You've got to play him, whether it's as a catcher or as a DH. His bat needs to be in that lineup. He's got to get experience. And it was interesting. You know, Todd Zeal, you know, turned to me after the postgame show, and we ran highlights of Bientos and Mauricio and Beatty all hitting home runs at A Syracuse tonight. And then you look at what Alvarez did for the Mets tonight, and Todd turned to me and said, you know what the bottom line is? It's a lot easier at AAA than it is at the big leagues. Hmm. And I think this, and that's on full display here because Hayter threw seven pitches to Alvarez, and all seven of them were at the top of the strike zone or above the strike zone, and you saw a guy who was pressing, not patient, going after those pitches, and he ended up striking out. So there's a huge, huge learning curve here from going triple A to the big leagues. And, and, you know, Buck Showalter has mentioned this so many times. It's the biggest jump in all of sports, going from the minors to the majors. And so if you're going to have Alvarez here, and Narvaez is going to miss the next two months, he's your top prospect is Alvarez, you've got to play him. Let's see what he's got. It's early in the season. Now's the time to see if he can acclimate to the big leagues I'd like to see him in there as much as possible.
2: We're talking with SNY's Gary Apple, host of Mets pre- and post-game. I mean, you do just host, right? Is there anything else that you do uh, for the Mets pre- and post-game shows? Uh,
7: You know, Sal, we joke that I sometimes have a a touch of managing editor um, in helping the the producers and our coordinating producers uh, make those decisions. Um, I don't think they like me trotting out that self-imposed title, but... I, I do help in the shaping of the show. Let me just – we have a terrific staff. We have a terri- the, the best in in the business, but, but I do try to add my editorial expertise along the way as we go.
2: Okay, I just wanted to clarify that. And I do agree that we do have a terrific <laughs> yeah. staff over there at SIY, yeah. but I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Um, you look at this starting rotation, you know, it's one thing to have the lineup be thin – Because we, I mean, at least I expected the lineup to be thin coming in, knowing that they would at least need another bat, and it hasn't been great for the lineup through 12 games so far. The bullpen, all right, without Edwin Diaz, you knew that was going to be a blow, but still they've looked pretty good. But the rotation, I mean, the Mets are built on this starting rotation and its depth, and it's being tested very early here, Gary. You think they have enough right now in that rotation, or you think they're in dire need to get Verlander back in there ASAP? Oh, I think they're
7: in dire need to get, Verlander back. When you pay a guy 43 million bucks and he's going to be at the top of your rotation and he's not there, you're missing him. So this team is built on the fact, as it was a season ago, that they were going to have DeGrom and Scherzer. And we saw that that did not work out like they had hoped. And they still won 101 games, despite the fact that DeGrom didn't pitch until the second half of the season. Now, they need Verlander back, especially with Quintana out. And Quintana's not going to be back, if they're lucky, until after the All-Star break. But I'm not fully convinced when he's going to get back at all. So, um, I think Peterson did a nice job tonight. McGill was terrific in his last start. I think those guys are serviceable, depth pieces. But you need Justin Verlander back. And from the reports and from hearing from Buck today, it sounds like when they go to the West Coast, he's going down to Port St. Lucie. If all goes well, i will have a rehab start and then come back and rejoin the team when they come back from the West Coast. No question in my mind that without Verlander, uh, it's not going to be a good thing. So they need Verlander back. Scherzer last night better, not at his best, but five shutout. Uh, they're built on those two guys, Sal. They've got to have those guys at the top of the rotation, healthy.
2: Producing. Sometimes, Gary, maybe we get end with this here. Sometimes it's just not your year. There's luck involved in sports. You know that. As long as you've been covering it and around these games here, you know, Diaz goes down. Cantana, Norvaya, Sal, Sal. It's twelve. I've got to I want you to talk me off the ledge. No Verlander. I got to watch the Grom taking every freaking start. Verlander nowhere to Sal, be seen here.
7: Sal, it's twelve games. We we need to just pull back a little bit. Relax a little bit. Let's see what happens. It's a very long season, Sal. We saw what happened last year. They had that huge lead on the Braves. Next thing you know, they weren't winning the division. I'm aware. Yeah, nobody's more aware of that. (laughs) That, (laughs) But listen, it's such a long season. There's no reason for panic at this point. Uh, Let's see how it plays out. When the time is right for panic, I'll say, okay, panic but this is not the time on april the 11th a dozen games into the season and Justin Verlander has not pitched for the Mets yet
2: yeah uh, but that's part of the problem he hasn't pitched for them yet are, are you are you doing the west coast games next week or did you take those off cuz it's uh, you know too late i'm
7: doing no i'm doing most of the west coast games the only two that i'm not doing are the two games that are not on SNY i think there's a fox game or an espn game and a an Apple or a Peacock game. So those I am not doing, but the, all the games on SRY and Picks, uh, I will be there late into the night, um, maybe a little cola to keep the senses strong at 1 in the morning. But um, I'll be there providing what I provide on a, on a daily and a nightly basis.
2: And you'll be the quick turnaround tomorrow, right? Tomorrow afternoon you get the Mets pregame coming up with the afternoon game.
7: There'll be an early wake-up call tomorrow morning. I'm almost home. I'm in the car, almost home. Alarm will go off 7-ish. We have a pre-game production meeting at 9.30, and then we're on the air at 12.30 and ready to go again.
2: All right, looking forward to watching you. As always, he is Gary Apple. Thanks for your time, Gary. Enjoy your few hours of sleep. We'll see you tomorrow at the office.
7: Thank you,
2: Sal. Great to be with you. I'll see you tomorrow. Gary Apple of SMY catch him on the Mets pre and post game coverage. Does an excellent job there, and he keeps level headed. He keeps me he, he keeps me in line a little bit. You know, I could be crazy sometimes. I know that. I like to overreact. It's what I do. I panic. I'm just not seeing it right now. That doesn't mean that in a week I won't. Hey, look, let's say the Mets win this game tomorrow. Take two of three from the pods, go out there and sweep the A's, take care of the Giants, beat the Dodgers, you know, all the above, whatever order it may be, and then I'll be feeling good. See Verlander back. But right now I'm thinking no Diaz, no Quintana, no Verlander, no Narvaez, no offense, no starting pitching depth, no hope. I'm worried. Need to stabilize things here. It's an important game tomorrow, I think, for the Mets. Important early season series. Let's see if they could get that two out of three, something they did so well a year ago. 877 337 66 66. We'll get back to your calls on the other side. Yankees get a big win, Mets with a tough loss. We're talking about it. Salicata on the fan.